june of the diary of samuel pepys sixteen sixty five this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the diary of samuel pepys sixteen sixty five by samuel pepys june sixteen sixty five june first up into the office where sat all the morning at noon to the change and there did some business and home to dinner with a creed comes and after dinner i put on my new silk camelot suit the best that ever i wore in my life the suit costing me above twenty-four pounds in this i went with creed to goldsmith's hall to the burial of sir thomas viner which hall and haberdashers also were so full of people that we were fain for ease and coolness to go forth to paternoster row to choose a silk to make me a plain ordinary suit that done we walked to cornhill and there mr cade stood in the balcon and saw all the funeral which was with the blue-coat boys and old men all the aldermen and lord mayor etc and the number of the company very great the greatest i ever did see for a tavern hither come up to us dr allen and then mr povey and mr fox the show being over and my discourse with mr povey i took coach and to westminster hall where i took the fairest flower and by coach to tothill fields for the air till it was dark i light and in with the fairest flower to eat a cake and there did do as much as was safe with my flower and that was enough on my part broke up and away without any notice and after delivering the rose where it should be i to the temple and light and come to the middle door and there took another coach and so home to write letters but very few god knows being by my pleasure made to forget everything that is the coachman that carried us cannot know me again nor the people at the house where we were home to bed certain news being come that our fleet is in sight of the dutch ships second lay troubled in mine a bed a good while thinking of my tangier and victualling business which i doubt will fall up and to the duke of albemarle but missed him thence to the harp and ball and to westminster hall where i visited the flowers in each place and so met with mr creed and he and i to mrs croft's to drink and did but saw not her daughter burroughs i away home and there dined and did business in the afternoon went with my tallies made a fair end with colville and viner delivering them five thousand pound tallies to each and very quietly had credit given me upon other tallies of mr colville for two thousand pounds and good words for more and of mr viner too thence to visit the duke of albemarle and thence my lady sandwich and lord crew thence home and there met an express from sir w batten at harwich that the fleet is all sailed from sole bay having spied the dutch fleet at sea and that if the calms hinder not they must needs now be engaged with them another letter also come to me from mr hayter committed by the council this afternoon to the gatehouse upon the misfortune of having his name used by one without his knowledge or privity for the receiving of some powder that he had bought up to court about these two and for the former was led up to my lady castlemaine's lodgings where the king and she and others were at supper and there i read the letter and returned and then to sir g carteret about hater and shall have him released to-morrow upon my giving bail for his appearance which i have promised to do sir g carteret did go on purpose to the king to ask this and it was granted so home at past twelve almost one o'clock in the morning to my office till past two and then home to supper and to bed third up into whitehall where sir g carteret did go with me to secretary morris and prevailed with him to let mr hayter be released upon bail for his appearance so i at a loss how to get another besides myself and got mr hunt who did patiently stay with me all the morning at secretary morris's chamber mr hayter being sent for with his keeper and at noon comes in the secretary and upon entering into recognizances he for two hundred pounds and mr hunt and i for one hundred pounds each for his appearance upon demand he was released 
it costing him, I think, above three pounds. I thence home, vexed to be kept from the office all the morning, which I had not been in many months before, if not some years. At home to dinner, and all the afternoon at the office, where late at night and much business done, then home to supper and to bed. All this day, by all people upon the river, and almost everywhere else hereabout were heard the guns, our two fleets were certain being engaged, which was confirmed by letters from Harwich, but nothing particular, and all our hearts full of concernment for the Duke, and I particularly for my Lord Sandwich and Mr. Coventry, after his Royal Highness. Fourth, Sunday. Up and at my chamber all the forenoon, at evening my accounts, which I could not do sooner for the last month, and bless be God, am worth fourteen hundred pounds odd money, something more than ever I was yet in the world. Dined very well at noon, and then to my office, and there and in the garden, discoursed with several people about business. Among others, Mr. Howell, the turner, who did give me so good a discourse about the practices of the paymaster J. Fenn, that I thought fit to recollect all when he was gone, and have entered it down to be for ever remembered. Thence to my chamber again, to settle my Tangier accounts against to-morrow, and some other things, and with great joy ended them, and so to supper, where a good fowl and tansy, and so to bed. News being come that our fleet is pursuing the Dutch, who either by cunning, or by being worsted, do give ground, but nothing more for certain. Late to bed upon my papers being quite finished. Fifth. Up very betimes to look some other papers, and then to Whitehall to a committee of Tangier, where I offered my accounts with great acceptation, and so had some good words and honour by it, and one or two things done to my content in my business of treasurer. But I do clearly see that we shall lose our business of victualling, Sir Thomas Ingram undertaking that it shall be done by persons there as cheap as we do it, and give the seamen their full allowance and themselves give good security here for performance of contract, upon which terms there is no opposing it. This would trouble me, but that I hope, when that fails, to spend my time to some good advantage other ways, and so shall permit it all to God Almighty's pleasure. Then same to dinner, after change, where great talk of the Dutch being fled, and me in pursuit of them, and that our ship charity is lost upon our captains, Wilkinson, and lieutenants yielding, but of this there is no certainty, save the report of some of the sick men of the charity, turned adrift in a boat out of the charity, and taken up and brought on shore yesterday to Sol Bay and the news hereof brought by Sir Henry Fulton. Home to dinner, and creed with me. Then he and I down to Deptford, did some business, and back again at night. He home, and I to my office, and so to supper and to bed. This morning I had great discourse with my Lord Barclay about Mr. Hayter, towards whom from a great passion reproaching him with being a fanatic, and dangerous for me to keep. I did bring him to be mighty calm, and to ask me pardons for what he had thought of him, and to desire me to ask his pardon of Hayter himself, for the ill words he did give him the other day alone at Whitehall which was that he had always thought him a man that was no good friend to the king, but did never think it would break out in a thing of this nature, and did advise him to declare his innocence to the council, and pray for his examination and vindication, of which I shall consider and say no more, but remember one compliment that in great kindness to me he did give me, extolling my care and diligence, that he did love me heartily for my own sake, and more that he did will me whatsoever I thought for Mr. Coventry's sake." for though the world did think them enemies, and to have an ill aspect one to another, yet he did love him with all his heart, which was a strange manner of noble compliment, confessing his owning me as a confidant and favourite of Mr. Coventry's. Sixth. Waked in the morning before four o'clock with great pain to piss, and great pain in pissing by having, I think, drank too great a draught of cold drink before going to bed, but by and by to sleep again, and then rose into the office. We are very busy all the morning, and at noon to dinner with Sir G. Carteret to his house with all our board, where a good pasty and brave discourse. But our great fear was some fresh news of the fleet, but not from the fleet, 
all being said to be well and beaten the Dutch. But I do not give much belief to it, and indeed the news comes from Sir W. Batten at Harwich, and writ so simply that we all made good mirth of it. Thence to the office, where, upon Sir G. Carteret's accounts, to my great vexation there being nothing done by the controller to write the king therein. I thence to my office and wrote letters all the afternoon, and in the evening by coach to Sir Phil Warwick's about my Tangier business to get money, and so to my Lady Sandwich's, who, poor lady, expects every hour to hear of my lord, but in the best temper, neither confident nor troubled with fear, that I ever did see in my life. She tells me my Lord Rochester is now declaredly out of hopes of Mrs. Mallet, and now she is to receive notice in a day or two how the King stands inclined to the giving leave for my Lord Hinchingbrook to look after her, and that being done to bring it to an end shortly. Then to my coach home, and to my office a little, and so before twelve o'clock home and to bed. 7th. This morning my wife and mother rose about two o'clock, and with Mercer, Mary, the boy, and W. Hewer, as they had designed, took boat and down to refresh themselves on the water to Gravesend. Lay till seven o'clock, then up and to the office, upon Sir G. Carteret's accounts again, were very busy. Thence abroad and to the change, no news of certainty being yet come from the fleet. Thence to the Dolphin Tavern, where Sir J. Minnes, Lord Brunkard, Sir Thomas Harvey, and myself dined, upon Sir G. Carteret's charge, and very merry we were, Sir Thomas Harvey being a very droll. Thence to the office, and meeting Creed, away with him to my Lord Treasurer's, there thinking to have met the goldsmiths at Whitehall, but did not, and so appointed another time for my lord to speak to them to advance us some money. Thence, it being the hottest day that ever I felt in my life, and it is confessed so by all other people the hottest they ever knew in England in the beginning of June, we to the new exchange, and there drunk way, with much entreaty getting it for our money, and they would not be entreated to let us have one glass more. So to a quarter, and to Foxhall, to the spring garden, and there walked an hour or two with great pleasure, saving our minds ill at ease concerning the fleet and my lord Sandwich, that we have no news of them, and ill reports run up and down of his being killed, but without ground. Here stayed pleasantly walking and spending but sixpence till nine at night, and then by water to Whitehall, and there I stopped to hear news of the fleet, but none come, which is strange, and so by water home, where weary with walking, and with the mighty heat of the weather, and for my wife's not coming home, I staying walking in the garden till twelve at night, when it begun to lighten exceedingly through the greatness of the heat. Then despairing of her coming home, I to bed. This day, much against my will, I did in Drury Lane see two or three houses marked with a red cross upon the doors, and Lord have mercy upon us, writ there, which was a sad sight to me, being the first of the kind that to my remembrance I ever saw. It put me into an ill conception of myself and my smell, so that I was forced to buy some roll tobacco to smell to and chore, which took away the apprehension. 8th. About five o'clock, my wife come home, it having lightened all night hard, and one great shower of rain. She come and lay upon the bed, I up and to the office, where all the morning, alone at home to dinner, my wife, mother, and Mercer dining at W. Joyce's, I giving her a caution to go round by the half-moon to his house, because of the plague. I to my Lord Treasurer's, by appointment of Sir Thomas Ingram's, to meet the goldsmiths, where I met with the great news at last newly come, brought by Bab May from the Duke of York, that we have totally routed the Dutch, that the Duke himself, the Prince, my Lord Sandwich, and Mr. Coventry are all well, which did put me into such joy that I forgot almost all other thoughts. The particulars I shall set down by and by. By and by comes Alderman Maynell and Mr. Viner, and there my Lord Treasurer did entreat them to furnish me with money upon my tallies, Sir Philip Warwick before my Lord declaring the King's changing of the hand from Mr. Povey to me, whom he called a very sober person, and one whom the Lord Treasurer would own in all things, that I should concern myself with them in the business of money. 
They did at present declare they could not part with money at present. My lord did press them very hard, and I hope upon their considering we shall get some of them. Thence with great joy to the cockpit, where the Duke of Albemarle, like a man out of himself with content, knew told me all. And by and by comes a letter from Mr. Coventry's own hand to him, which he never opened, which was a strange thing, but did give it me to open and read, and consider what was fit for our office to do in it, and leave the letter with Sir W. Clark, which upon such a time and occasion was a strange piece of indifference, hardly pardonable. I copied out the letter, and did also take minutes out of Sir W. Clark's other letters, and the sum of the news is, Victory over the Dutch, June 3rd, 1665. This day they engaged, the Dutch neglecting greatly the opportunity of the wind they had of us, by which they lost the benefit of their fire-ships. The Earl of Falmouth, Muscovy, and Mr. Richard Boyle killed on board the Duke's ship, the Royal Charles, with one shot, their blood and brains flying in the Duke's face, and the head of Mr. Boyle striking down the Duke, as some say. Earl of Marlborough, Portland, Rear Admiral Sampson, to Prince Rupert, killed, and Captain Kirby and Abelson. Sir John Lawson wounded on the knee, hath had some bones taken out, and is likely to be well again. Upon receiving the hurt, he sent to the Duke for another to command the Royal Oak. The Duke sent Jordan out of the St. George, who did brave things in her. Captain Jer Smith of the Mary was second to the Duke, and stepped between him and Captain Seaton of the Urania, seventy-six guns and four hundred men, who had sworn to board the Duke. Killed him two hundred men, and took the ship, himself losing ninety-nine men, and never an officer saved but himself and lieutenant. His master indeed is saved, with his leg cut off. Admiral Opdam blown up, Trump killed, and said by Holmes. All the rest of the admirals, as they say, but Everson, whom they dare not trust for his affection to the Prince of Orange, are killed, we having taken and sunk, as is believed, about twenty-four of their best ships, killed and taken near eight or ten thousand men, and lost, we think, not above seven hundred. A greater victory never known in the world. They are all fled. Some forty-three got into the Texel, and others elsewhere, and we in pursuit of the rest. Thence with my heart full of joy, home, and to my office a little. Then to my Lady Penn's, where they are all joyed, and not a little puffed up at the good success of their father. And good service indeed is said to have been done by him. Had a great bonfire at the gate, and I with my Lady Penn's people and others to Mrs. Turner's great room, and then down into the street. I did give the boys four shillings among them, and mighty merry. So home to bed, with my heart at great rest and quiet, saving that the consideration of the victory is too great for me presently to comprehend. Ninth. Lay long in bed, my head aching with too much thoughts, I think, last night. Up into Whitehall, and my Lord Treasurer's, to Sir Phil Warwick, about Tangier business, and in my way met with Mr. Moore, who eases me in one point wherein I was troubled, which was that I heard of nothing said or done by my Lord Sandwich. But he tells me that Mr. Cowling, my Lord Chamberlain's secretary, did hear the King say that my Lord Sandwich had done nobly and worthily. The King, it seems, is much troubled at the fall of my Lord of Falmouth, but I do not meet with any man else that so much as wishes him alive again, the world conceiving him a man of too much pleasure to do the king any good, or offer any good office to him. But I hear of all hands he is confessed to have been a man of great honour, that did show it in this his going with the duke, the most that ever any man did. Home, where my people busy to make ready a supper, against night for some guests, in lieu of my stone feast. At noon, eat a small dinner at home, and so abroad to buy several things, and among others with my tailor to buy a silk suit, which though I had one lately, yet I do, for joy of the good news we have lately had of our victory over the Dutch, which makes me willing to spare myself something extraordinary in clothes, and after long resolution of having nothing but black, I did buy a coloured silk ferrandin. So to the old exchange, and there at my pretty seamstresses, bought a pair of stockings of her husband, and so home, where by and by comes Mr. Honeywood, and Mrs. Wilde, and Roger Pepys, 
and after a long time spent, Mrs. Turner, Thee, and Joyce. We had a very good venison pasty, this being instead of my stone feast the last march, and very merry we were, and the more I know, the more I like Mr. Honeywood's conversation. So after a good supper they parted, walking to the change for a coach, and I with them to see them there. So home and to bed, glad it was over. Tenth. Lay long in bed, and then up and at the office all the morning. At noon dined at home, and then to the office, busy all the afternoon. In the evening home to supper, and there to my great trouble, hear that the plague is come into the city, though it hath these three or four weeks since its beginning been wholly out of the city. But where should it begin but in my good friend and neighbours, Dr. Burnett, in Fenchurch Street, which in both points troubles me mightily. To the office to finish my letters, and then home to bed, being troubled at the sickness. My head filled also with other business enough and particularly how to put my things and estate in order, in case it should please God to call me away, which God dispose of to his glory. 11th. Lord's Day. Up and expected long a new suit, but coming not, dress myself in my late new black silk Camelot suit, and when fully ready, comes my new one of coloured Farrandon, which my wife puts me out of love with, which vexes me, but I think it is only my not being used to wear colours which makes it look a little unusual upon me. To my chamber, and there spent the morning reading, at noon by invitation comes my two cousin Joyce's and their wives, my aunt James and he cousin Harmon, his wife being ill. I had a good dinner for them, and as merry as I could be in such company. They being gone, I out of doors a little, to shew forsooth my new suit, and back again, and in going I saw poor Dr. Burnett's door shut, but he hath I here gained great good will among his neighbours, for he discovered it himself first, and caused himself to be shut up of his own accord, which was very handsome. In the evening comes Mr. Andrews and his wife and Mr. Hill, and stayed and played and sung and supped. Most excellent pretty company, so pleasant, ingenious, and harmless, I cannot desire better. They gone, we to bed, my mind in great present ease. Twelfth. Up and in my yesterday's new suit to the Duke of Albemarle, and after a turn in Whitehall, and then in Westminster Hall, returned, and with my tailor bought some gold lace for my sleeve-hands in Paternoster Row. So home to dinner, and then to the office, and down the river to Deptford, and then back again and to my Lord Treasurer's, and up and down to look after my Tangier business, and so home to my office, then to supper and to bed. The Duke of York is sent for last night, and expected to be here to-morrow. Thirteenth. Up and to the office, where all the morning doing business. At noon with Sir G. Carteret to my Lord Mayor's to dinner, where much company in a little room, and though a good, yet no extraordinary table. His name, Sir John Lawrence, whose father, a very ordinary old man, sat there at table, but it seems a very rich man. Here were at table three Sir Richard Browns, viz. he of the council, a clerk, and the alderman, and his son. And there was a little grandson, also Richard, who will hereafter be Sir Richard Brown. The alderman did here openly tell him boasting, how he had, only upon suspicion of disturbances, if there had been any bad news from sea, clapped up several persons that he was afeard of, and that he had several times done the like, and would do, and take no bail where he saw it unsafe for the king. But by and by he said that he was now sued in the exchequer by a man for false imprisonment, that he had, upon the same score, imprisoned while he was mayor four years ago, and asked advice upon it. I told him I believed there was none, and told my story of Field, at which he was troubled, and said that it was then unsafe for any man to serve the king, and I believe knows not what to do therein. But that Sir Richard Brown of the council advised him to speak with my Lord Chancellor about it. My Lord Mayor very respectful to me, and so I after dinner away, and found Sir J. Minnes ready with his coach and four horses at our office gate, for him and me to go out of town to meet the Duke of York coming from Harwich to-night, and so as far as Ilford and their light. 
By and by comes to us Sir John Shaw and Mr. Neal, that married the rich widow Gold, upon the same errand. After eating a dish of cream, we took coach again, hearing nothing of the Duke, and away home, a most pleasant evening and road. And so to my office, where, after my letters wrote, to supper and to bed. All our discourse in our way was Sir J. Minnes telling me passages of the late kings and his fathers, which I was mightily pleased to hear for information, though the pride of some persons and vice of most was but a sad story to tell how that brought the whole kingdom and king to ruin. Fourteenth. Up and to Sir Phil Warwick's and other places about Tangier business, but to little purpose. Among others to my Lord Treasurer's, though to speak with him, and waited in the lobby three long hours for to speak with him, to the trial of my utmost patience, but missed him at last, and forced to go home without it, which may teach me how I make others wait. Home to dinner, and stayed Mr. Hayter with me, and after dinner drew up a petition for Mr. Hayter to present to the council about his troublesome business of powder, desiring a trial that his absence may be vindicated, and so to Whitehall, but it was not proper to present it to-day. Here I met with Mr. Cowling, who observed to me how he finds everybody silent in the praise of my Lord Sandwich to set up the Duke and the Prince, but that the Duke did both to the King and my Lord Chancellor write abundantly of my Lord's courage and service. And I this day met with a letter of Captain Ferrers, wherein he tells us, My Lord was with his ship in all the heat of the day, and did most worthily. Met with Creed, and he and I to Westminster, and there saw my Lord Marlborough, brought to be buried, several lords of the council carrying him, and with the herald in some state. Thence vexed in my mind to think that I do so little in my Tangier business, and so home, and after supper to bed. Fifteenth. Up and put on my new stuff suit with close knees, which becomes me most nobly, as my wife says. At the office all day. At noon put on my first laced band, all lace, and to Kate Joyce's to dinner, where my mother, wife, and abundance of their friends, and good usage. Thence wife and Mercer and I to the old exchange, and there bought two lace bands more, one of my seamstress, whom my wife concurs with me to be a pretty woman. So down to Deptford and Woolwich, my boy and I. At Woolwich discourse with Mr. Sheldon about my bringing my wife down for a month or two to his house, which he approves of, and I think will be very convenient. So late back and to the office, wrote letters, and so home to supper and to bed. This day the news-book upon Mr. Moore's showing Lestrange, Captain Ferrer's letter, did do my Lord Sandwich great right as to the late victory. The Duke of York not yet come to town. The town grows very sickly, and people to be afeard of it. There dying this last week of the plague a hundred and twelve, from forty-three the week before, whereof but one in Fenchurch Street, and one in Broad Street, by the Treasurer's office. Sixteenth, up into the office, where I set hard to business, but was informed that the Duke of York is come, and hath appointed us to attend him this afternoon. So after dinner, and doing some business at the office, I to Whitehall, where the court is full of the Duke and his courtiers returned from sea, all fat and lusty and ruddy by being in the sun. I kissed his hands, and we waited all the afternoon. By and by saw Mr. Coventry, which rejoiced my very heart. Anon he and I, from all the rest of the company, walked into the matted gallery, where after many expressions of love we fell to talk of business. Among other things, how my Lord Sandwich, both in his counsels and personal service, hath done most honourably and serviceably. Sir J. Lawson is come to Greenwich, but his wound in his knee yet very bad. Jonas Poole, in the vanguard, did basely, so as to be, or will be, turned out of his ship. Captain Holmes, expecting upon Sansom's death to be made rear-admiral to the prince, but Harmon is put in, hath delivered up to the duke his commission, which the duke took and tore. He, it seems, had bid the prince, who first told him of Holmes's intention, that he should dissuade him from it, for that he was resolved to take it if he offered it, yet Holmes would do it like a rash, proud coxcomb, but he is rich, and hath, it seems, sought an occasion of leaving the service. 
Several of our captains have done ill. The great ships are the ships do the business. They quite deadening the enemy. They run away upon sight of the prince. It is strange to see how people do already slight Sir William Barclay, my Lord Fitzharding's brother, who three months since was the delight of the court. Captain Smith of the Mary, the Duke talks mightily of, and some great thing will be done for him. Strange to hear how the Dutch do relate, as the Duke says, that they are the conquerors, and bonfires are made in Dunkirk in their behalf, though a clearer victory can never be expected. Mr. Coventry thinks they cannot have lost less than six thousand men, and we not dead above two hundred, and wounded about four hundred, in all about six hundred. Thence home, and to my office till past twelve, and then home to supper and to bed, my wife and mother not being yet come home from W. Hewer's chamber, who treats my mother to-night. Captain Grovel, the Duke told us this day, hath done the basest thing at Lowestoff, in hearing of the guns, and could not, as others, be got out, but stayed there, for which he will be tried, and is reckoned a prating coxcomb, and of no courage. 17th. My wife come to bed about one in the morning, I up and abroad about Tangier business, then back to the office where we sat, and at noon home to dinner, and then abroad to Mr. Povis, after I and Mr. Andrews had been with Mr. Ball and one Major Strange, who looks after the getting of money for tallies, and is helping Mr. Andrews. I had much discourse with Ball, and it may be he may prove a necessary man for our turns. With Mr. Povey I spoke very freely my indifference as to my place of treasurer, being so much troubled in it, which he took with much seeming trouble, that I should think of letting go so lightly the place, but if the place can't be held, I will. So hearing that my Lord Treasurer was gone out of town with his family because of the sickness, I returned home without staying there, and at the office find Sir W. Penn come home, who looks very well, and I am gladder to see him than otherwise I should be, because of my hearing so well of him, for his serviceableness in this late great action. To the office late, and then home to bed. It struck me very deep this afternoon, going with a hackney coach from my Lord Treasurer's down Holborn, the coachman I found to drive easily and easily, at last stood still and come down hardly able to stand, and told me that he was suddenly struck very sick and almost blind he could not see. So I light and went into another coach, with a sad heart for the poor man, and trouble for myself, lest he should have been struck with the plague, being at the end of the town that I took him up. But God have mercy upon us all. Sir John Lawson, I hear, is worse than yesterday. The king went to see him to-day most kindly. It seems his wound is not very bad, but he hath a fever, a thrush, and a hiccup, all three together, which are, it seems, very bad symptoms. 18th, Lord's Day. Up into church, where Sir W. Penn was the first time since he come from sea, after the battle. Mr. Mills made a sorry sermon to prove that there was a world to come after this. Home and dined, and then to my chamber, where all the afternoon. Anon comes Mr. Andrews to see and sing with me, but Mr. Hill not coming, and having business, we soon parted. There coming Mr. Povey and Creed to discourse about our Tangier business of money. They gone, I hear Sir W. Batten and my lady are returned from Harwich. I went to see them, and it is pretty to see how we appear kind one to another, though neither of us care tuppence one for another. Home to supper, and there coming a hasty letter from Commissioner Pett for pressing of some caucus, as I would ever on His Majesty's service, with all speed. I made a warrant presently and issued it, so to my office a little, and then home to bed. 19th. Up into Whitehall, with Sir W. Batten, calling at my Lord Ashley's, but to no purpose, by the way, he being not up. And there had our usual meeting before the Duke with the officers of the ordnance with us, which in some respects I think will be the better for us, for dispatch sake. Thence home to the change and dined alone, my wife gone to her mother's. After dinner to my little new goldsmith's, whose wife indeed is one of the prettiest, modest black women that ever I saw. I paid for a dozen of silver salt, six pounds fourteen shillings, six pence. 
Thence with Sir W. Penn from the office down to Greenwich to see Sir J. Lawson, who is better, but continues ill, his hiccup not being yet gone, could have little discourse with him. So thence home and to supper, a while to the office, my head and mind mightily vexed to see the multitude of papers and business before me, and so little time to do it in. So to bed. 20th. Thanksgiving day for victory over the Dutch. Up into the office, were very busy, alone all the morning till church time, and there heard a mean sorry sermon of Mr. Mills. Then to the Dolphin Tavern, where all the officers of the Navy met with the commissioners of the ordnance by agreement, and dined, where good music at my direction. Our club, share, come to thirty-four shillings a man, nine of us. Thence after dinner to Whitehall, with Sir W. Barclay in his coach, and so walked to Herbert's, and there spent a little time. Thence by water to Vauxhall, and there walked an hour alone, observing the several humours of the citizens that were there this holiday, pulling of cherries, and God knows what, and so home to my office, where late, my wife not being come home with my mother, who have been this day all abroad upon the water, my mother being to go out of town speedily. So I home and to supper and to bed, my wife come home when I come from the office. This day I inform myself that there died four or five at Westminster of the plague in one alley, in several houses upon Sunday last, Bell Alley, over against the palace gate. Yet people do think that the number will be fewer in the town than it was the last week. The Dutch are come out again with twenty sail under Bankert, suppose gone to the northward to meet their East India fleet. 21st. Up and very busy all the morning. At noon with Creed to the excise office, where I find our tallies will not be money in less than sixteen months, which is a sad thing for the king to pay all that interest for every penny he spends, and which is strange, the goldsmiths with whom I spoke do declare that they will not be moved to part with money upon the increase of their consideration of ten per cent, which they have, and therefore desire I would not move in it, and indeed the consequence would be very ill to the king, and have its ill consequences follow us through all the king's revenue. Home, and my uncle White and aunt James dine with me, my mother being to go away to-morrow. So to Whitehall, and there, before and after, counsel discourse with Sir Thomas Ingram about our ill case as to Tangier for money. He hath got the king to appoint a meeting on Friday, which I hope will put an end one way or other to my pain. So homewards, and to the cross-keys at Cripplegate, who I find all the town almost going out of town, the coaches and wagons being all full of people going into the country. Here I had some of the company of the tapster's wife a while, and so home to my office, and then home to supper, and to bed. 22nd. Up pretty betimes, and in great pain whether to send my mother into the country to-day or no. I hearing by my people that she, poor wretch, hath a mind to stay a little longer, and I cannot blame her, considering what a life she will through her own folly lead when she comes home again, unlike the pleasure and liberty she hath had here. At last I resolved to put it to her, and she agreed to go, so I would not oppose it, because of the sickness in the town, and my intentions of removing my wife. So I did give her money, and took a kind leave of her, she, poor wretch, desiring that I would forgive my brother John, but I refused it to her, which troubled her poor soul. But I did it in kind words, and so let the discourse go off, she leaving me, though, in a great deal of sorrow. So I to my office, and left my wife and people to see her out of time, and I at the office all the morning. At noon my wife tells me that she is with much ado gone, and I pray God bless her. But it seems she was to the last unwilling to go, but would not say so, but put it off till she lost her place in the coach, and was fain to ride in the wagon part. After dinner to the office again till night, very busy, and so home, not very late, to supper, and to bed. 23rd. Up into Whitehall to a committee for Tangier, where His Royal Highness was. Our great design was to state to them the true condition of this committee for want of money, the want whereof was so great as to need some sudden help, 
and it was with some content resolved to see it supplied and means proposed towards the doing of it. At this committee, unknown to me, comes my Lord of Sandwich, who, it seems, come to town last night. After the committee was up, my Lord Sandwich did take me aside, and we walked an hour alone together in the robe-chamber, the door shut, telling me how much the Duke and Mr. Coventry did, both in the fleet and here, make of him, and that in some opposition to the Prince, and as a more private message he told me that he hath been with them both when they have made sport of the Prince, and laughed at him, yet that all the discourse of the town, and the printed relation, should not give him one word of honour, my lord thinks mighty strange, he assuring me that though by accident the Prince was in the van at the beginning of the fight for the first pass, yet all the rest of the day my lord was in the van, and continued so, that notwithstanding all this noise of the Prince, he had hardly a shot in his side, nor a man killed, whereas he hath above thirty in her hull, and not one mast-hole nor yard, but the most battered ship of the fleet, and lost most men, saving Captain Smith of the Mary. That the most the Duke did was almost out of gunshot, but that, indeed, the Duke did come up to my lord's rescue, after he had a great while fought with four of them. How poorly Sir John Lawson performed, notwithstanding all that was said of him, and how his ship turned out of the way, while Sir J. Lawson himself was upon the deck, to the endangering of the whole fleet. It therefore troubles my lord that Mr. Coventry should not mention a word of him in his relation. I did an answer offer that I was sure the relation was not compiled by Mr. Coventry, but by Lestrange, out of several letters, as I could witness, and that Mr. Coventry's letter that he did give the Duke of Albemarle did give him as much right as the Prince, for I myself read it first and then copied it out, which I promised to show my Lord, with which he was somewhat satisfied. From that discourse my Lord did begin to tell me how much he was concerned to dispose of his children, and would have my advice and help and propounded to match my Lady Jemima to Sir G. Carteret's eldest son, which I approved of, and did undertake the speaking with him about it as from myself, which my lord liked. So parted, with my head full of care about this business. Thence home to the change, and so to dinner, and thence by coach to Mr. Povis. Thence by appointment with him and Creed to one Mr. Finch, one of the commissioners for the excise, to be informed about some things of the excise, in order to our settling matters therein better for us, for our tangier business. I find him a very discreet, grave person. Thence well satisfied, I increed to Mr. Fox at Whitehall to speak with him about the same matter, and having some pretty satisfaction from him also, he and I took boat and to Vauxhall, where we spent two or three hours talking of several matters very soberly and contentfully to me, which, with the air and pleasure of the garden, was a great refreshment to me, and methinks that which we ought to joy ourselves in. Thence back to Whitehall, where we parted, and I to my lord, to receive his further direction about his proposal this morning, wherein I did that I should first by another hand break my intentions to Sir G. Carteret. I pitched upon Dr. Clark, which my lord liked, and so I endeavoured but in vain to find him out to-night. So home by Hackney Coach, which is become a very dangerous passage nowadays, the sickness increasing mightily, and to bed. 24th, Midsummer Day. Up very betimes, by six, and at Dr. Clark's at Westminster by seven of the clock, having overnight by a note acquainted him with my intention of coming, and there I, in the best manner I could, broke my errand about a match between Sir G. Carteret's eldest son and my Lord Sandwich's eldest daughter, which he, as I knew he would, took with great content, and we both agreed that my Lord and he, being both men relating to the sea, under a kind aspect of His Majesty, already good friends, and both virtuous and good families, their alliance might be of good use to us and he did undertake to find out Sir George this morning, and put the business in execution. So being both well pleased with the proposition, I saw his niece there, and made her sing me two or three songs very prettily, and so home to the office, where to my great trouble I found Mr. Coventry and the board met before I come. 
I excused my late coming by having been on the river about office business. So to business all the morning. At noon, Captain Ferrers and Mr. Moore dined with me, the former of them the first time I saw him since his coming from sea, who do give me the best conversation in general, and as good an account of the particular service of the Prince and my Lord of Sandwich in the late sea-fight, that I could desire. After dinner they parted. So I to Whitehall, where I with Creed and Povey, attended my Lord Treasurer, and did prevail with him to let us have an assignment for fifteen or twenty thousand pounds, which I hope will do our business for Tangier. So to Dr. Clark, and there found that he had broke the business to Sir G. Carteret, and that he takes the thing mighty well. Then I to Sir G. Carteret, at his chamber, and in the best manner I could, and most obligingly, moved the business. He received it with great respect and content, and thanks to me, and promised that he would do what he could possibly for his son, to render him fit for my lord's daughter, and shewed great kindness to me, and sense of my kindness to him herein. Sir William Penn told me this day, that Mr. Coventry is to be sworn a privy councillor, at which my soul is glad. So home, and to my letters by the post, and so home to supper, and bed. 25th, Lord's Day. Up, and several people about business come to me by appointment relating to the office. Thence I to my closet about my Tangier papers. At noon dined, and then I abroad by water, it raining hard, thinking to have gone down to Woolwich, but I did not, but back through bridge to Whitehall, where, after I had again visited Sir G. Carteret, and received his, and now his lady's, full content in my proposal, I went to my Lord Sandwich, and having told him how Sir G. Carteret received it, he did direct me to return to Sir G. Carteret, and give him thanks for his kind reception of this offer, and that he would the next day be willing to enter discourse with him about the business, which message I did presently do, and so left the business with great joy to both sides. My Lord, I perceive, intends to give five thousand pounds with her, and expects about eight hundred pounds per annum jointure. So by water home, and to supper and bed, being weary with long walking at court, but had a psalm or two with my boy and mercer before bed, which pleased me mightily. This night Sir G. Carteret told me with great kindness that the order of the council did run for the making of Hayter and Whitfield incapable of any serving the king again, but that he had stopped the entry of it, which he told me with great kindness, but the thing troubles me. After dinner, before I went to Whitehall, I went down to Greenwich by water, thinking to have visited Sir J. Lawson, where, when I come, I find that he is dead, and died this morning, at which I was much surprised, and indeed the nation hath a great loss, though I cannot, without dissembling, say that I am sorry for it, for he was a man never kind to me at all. Being at Whitehall, I visited Mr. Coventry, who, among other talk, entered about the great question now in the house, about the Duke's going to sea again, about which the whole house is divided. He did concur with me that for the Duke's honour and safety it were best, after so great a service and victory and danger, not to go again, and above all, that the life of the Duke cannot but be a security to the Crown. If he were away, it be more easy to attempt anything upon the King. But how the fleet will be governed without him, the Prince, being a man of no government and severe in counsel, that no ordinary man can offer any advice against his. Saying truly that it had been better he had gone to Guinea, and that were he away, it were easy to say how matters might be ordered, my Lord Sandwich being a man of temper and judgment, as much as any man he ever knew, and that upon good observation he said this, and that his temper must correct the princess. But I perceive he is much troubled what will be the event of the question. And so I left him. 26th. Up and to Whitehall with Sir J. Minnes, and to the committee of Tangier, where my Lord Treasurer was, the first and only time he ever was there, and did promise us fifteen thousand pounds for Tangier, and no more which will be short. But if I can pay Mr. Andrews all his money, I care for no more, and the bills of exchange. 
Thence with Mr. Povey and Creed below to a new chamber of Mr. Povey's, very pretty, and their discourse about his business, not to his content, but with the most advantage I could to him, and Creed also did the like. Thence with Creed to the King's Head, and there dined with him at the ordinary, and good sport with one Mr. Nichols, a prating coxcomb, that would be thought a poet, but would not be got to repeat any of his verses. Thence I home, and there find my wife's brother and his wife, a pretty little modest woman, where they dined with my wife. He did come to desire my assistance for a living, and upon his good promises of care, and that it should be no burden to me, I did say and promise I would think of finding something for him, and the rather because his wife seems a pretty discreet young thing, and humble, and he, above all things, desirous to do something to maintain her, telling me sad stories of what she endured with him in Holland, and I hope it will not be burdensome. So down by water to Woolwich, walking to and again from Greenwich thither and back again, my business being to speak again with Sheldon, who desires and expects my wife coming thither to spend the summer, and upon second thoughts I do agree that it will be a good place for her and me too. So weary home and to my office a while till almost midnight, and so to bed. The plague increases mightily. I this day seeing a house at a bitmaker's over against St. Clement's Church in the open street shut up, which is a sad sight. 27th up and to the office, where all the morning. At noon dined by chance at my Lady Batten's, and they sent for my wife, and there was my Lady Pen and Peg. Very merry, and so I to my office again, where till twelve o'clock at night, and so home to supper, and to bed. 28th. Sir J. Minnes carried me and my wife to Whitehall, and thence his coach along with my wife where she would. There, after attending the Duke, to discourse of the Navy. We did not kiss his hand, nor do I think, for all their pretence, of going away to-morrow. Yet I believe they will not go for good and all, but I did take my leave of Sir William Coventry, who it seems was knighted and sworn a privy councillor two days since, who with his old kindness treated me, and I believe I shall ever find him a noble friend. Thence by water to Blackfriars, and so to Paul's churchyard, and bespoke several books, and so home and there dined, my man William giving me a lobster sent in by my old maid Sarah. This morning I met with Sir G. Carteret, who tells me how all things proceed between my Lord Sandwich and himself, to full content and both sides depend upon having the match finished presently, and professed great kindness to me, and said that now we were something akin. I am mightily, both with respect to myself, and much more of my lord's family, glad of this alliance. After dinner to Whitehall, thinking to speak with my lord Ashley, but failed, and I wiled away some time in Westminster Hall against he did come, in my way observing several plague-houses in King Street and near the palace. Here I hear Mrs. Martin is gone out of town, and that her husband, an idle fellow, is since come out of France, as he pretends, but I believe not that he hath been. I was fearful of going to any house, but I did to the Swan, and thence to Whitehall, giving the waterman a shilling, because a young fellow, and belonging to the Plymouth. Thence by coach to several places, and so home. And all the evening, with Sir J. Minnes and all the women of the house, excepting my Lady Batten, late in the garden, chatting. At twelve o'clock, home to supper, and to bed. My Lord Sandwich is gone towards the sea to-day, it being a sudden resolution, I having taken no leave of him. Twenty-ninth. Up and by water to Whitehall, where the court full of wagons and people ready to go out of town, to the harp and ball, and there drank and talked with Mary, she telling me in discourse that she lived lately at my neighbour's Mr. Knightley, which made me forbear further discourse. This end of the town every day grows very bad of the plague. The mortality bill is come to two hundred and sixty-seven, which is about ninety more than the last, and of these but four in the city, which is a great blessing to us. Thence to Creed, and with him up and down about Tangier business, to no purpose. Took leave again of Mr. Coventry, though I hope the Duke has not gone to stay, and so do others too. So home, calling at Somerset House, where all are packing up too. 
the queen mother setting out for france this day to drink bourbon water this year she being in a consumption and intends not to come till winter come twelve months so by coach home we are at the office all the morning and at noon mrs hunt dined with us very merry and she a very good woman to the office we are busy a while putting some things in my office in order and then to letters till night about ten o'clock home the days being sensibly shorter before i have once kept a summer's day by shutting up office by daylight but my life hath been still as it was in winter almost but i will for a month try what i can do by daylight so home to supper and to bed thirtieth up into whitehall to the duke of albemarle who i find at secretary bennett's there being now no other great statesman i think but my lord chancellor in town i received several commands from them among others to provide some bread and cheese for the garrison at guernsey which they promised to see me paid for so to the change and home to dinner in the afternoon i down to woolwich and after me my wife and mercer whom i led to mr sheldon's to see his house and i find it a very pretty place for them to be at so i back again walking both forward and backward and left my wife to come by water i straight to whitehall late to secretary bennett's to give him an account of the business i received from him to-day and there stayed weary and sleepy till past twelve at night then writ my mind to him and so back by water and in the dark and against tide shot the bridge groping with their pole for the way which troubled me before i got through so home about one or two o'clock in the morning my family at a great loss what was become of me to supper and to bed thus this book of two years ends myself and family in good health consisting of myself and wife mercer her woman mary alice and susan our maids and tom my boy in a sickly time of the plague growing on having upon my hands the troublesome care of the treasury of tangier with great sums drawn upon me and nothing to pay them with also the business of the office great consideration of removing my wife to woolwich she lately busy in learning to paint with great pleasure and success all other things well especially a new interest i am making by a match in hand between the eldest son of sir g carteret and my lady jemima montague the duke of york gone down to the fleet but all supposed not with intent to stay there as it is not fit all men conceive he should end of june